0: Hey guys welcome to the paddler's playbook
1: welcome ladies and gentlemen of podcast
2: land thermal convection man
1: these dudes almost killed me you
2: know redfish are really dumb how do you take your marsh dump this fool used all my toilet paper Bro, well now that drew's done dragging this on
3: tpp
2: 15 you gonna get a dozen shrimp hey you throwing that cast net again this weekend over oh, i almost died i, I do not want to paddle that once again he almost died i'm not waking up at the butt crack dawn i'll see you at the launch around noon i love wake baits. haven't you ever heard them ch- ch- chatter let me double back here first. and now a word from salt side jet
1: Ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Lewis, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook coming to you live from the Mariner Sales Studio. Grinch, what you got going on over there, man?
2: I got your Grinch, man.
1: (laughs) See? See? I know. I know you got my Grinch.
2: Look, look, man. Every—I swear— I don't know what kind of, you you are just bad luck for me lately. Okay, let me tell you something, man. Every time we jump on this thing, my my entire internet just crashes. It's because you live out there in the
1: boonies, man. Like, bro, like you were like you bro. were telling me, bro. Like you were telling me we the have, whole first season.
2: <laughs> we have fiber straight up to my door, one gigabit service straight up to my door. I'm streaming usually. I'm usually download speeds of excess of 600 megabits per second. That's ridiculous.
1: That's what you were. T- I'm just saying this. The but whole for some season, reason, all you did was call me country, my country ass internet that never works, and all this other stuff. Did you not? Did you not have internet,
2: dude? You had like you, your service was was podunk. Go ahead.
1: It, 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 it. was podunk until we got so, fiber, and now that I, I don't I got fiber. have
2: podunk service. I have fiber, but for some reason. Like the past half dozen times, everything's working fine. Then you jump on, and everything goes haywire. Look, man, whatever it is that you've done, you need to undo it. And then stop touching stuff. Leave the buttons alone. Leave the switches alone. Leave the dials alone. Leave the slides alone. Don't touch anything.
1: Folks, everybody listening at home, I just want you to listen to Chris Blaming his internet connection <laughs> on me messing with our mixer. I just, I just oh, want no, everybody no, 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 to no, take that no. in.
2: That was, that was secondary, honestly. Yeah, you need to stop messing with that too.
1: <laughs> messing with everything, man. We got just a stop lot. Stop messing with shit. We've got a lot that's happened in the past few weeks. Like, there's been so much. It seems like every day there's been something new. We, um, we got a new revamp of the mariner sales website Uh, the bro staff category is up to both bro staff favorites is up to like 122 pages of goods on there jessica's going to tell you about the code and everything i
2: want you guys to go surf in the commercial one of them
1: yes go look at every look if you can't find what you're wanting in 122 pages of items then you know, you better write a letter to Santa Claus next year because he's the only one that can get it for you if Mariner Sales does not have it over there. Um, what else has happened? Toys for Tots tournament. We were in third place, Chris, until 30 seconds left in the tournament. We were in the money. We're going to get trophies till 30 seconds left in the tournament and got bumped out of third
2: place. Should have caught bigger fish. Well... <laughs> Well, it what? was,
1: it was a, it was a good day of fishing. I mean, we caught multiple, multiple, multiple fish. I mean, we probably caught between us 14, 15 redfish. It was a three stringer tournament. So, I mean, we did a lot of culling, um, but we just couldn't find the big ones. We couldn't find those 27 to 28s. Most sure of the ones we were I've culling were 25, 26. Though.
2: Seeing as though everybody and their mama right now is is catching everything north of nine pounds right now. If you look on Facebook, I swear to God, everybody out there is posting up their slot redfish right at like nine five, nine six and ten pounds. I think somebody even posted one at like eleven pounds and I'm like, Are you got you gotta be kidding me? And then
1: come tournament day there was not very many weighed in. At all, that were that were close to that big.
2: Well, do you agree that this time of year, it's usually the flounder fishermen that that uh, turn into to pros, you know, or the, <laughs> I guess you should say you should say the seasonal flounder fishermen all turn into pros and and they're posting their limits and their big big flounder. But it's also the time of year where everybody turns into a redfish pro too. That's you
1: know. very true. Well, catching the big ones, like getting into those bigger slots. You're gonna have to sort through, through overs you're
2: because for some reason now my my headphones just went out again. <laughs> it's sorting through everything. Good lord, have mercy! Chris is having
1: issues. Chris is just having technical technical issues today.
2: But guys, it's it's a good thing. Just know whatever you're saying right now, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna listen to it. we
1: we're, we're we're gonna have a lot of people. Uh, join in today. This is our Christmas episode. Right. So we're going to be talking about what we want for Christmas. We got a we got 3 bro staffers here. Um we got one. He's even got his own podcast. You guys need to check that out. But um we've got a lot of good presents, good ideas, good conversation coming up for you guys. One thing Chris I want to touch on housekeeping that I don't want to forget about. If you guys haven't noticed like I said, Mariner Sales revamped their bro staff section. We also revamped our Facebook group page. The Facebook group page guys. Now you need to go check it out. It is the Red Fish Network. Go check out the new group. We're not allowing sales posts. There's no spam. It is strictly going to be kayak talk, gear talk, fishing talk. I mean, it's it's just going to be a whole lot of conversation, not a whole lot of stuff that you see in some of those other groups where you have to sort through 20 different YouTube videos. And when I say like, we're not allowing any sales posts or spam or anything, I almost had to lay the hammer down on my brother who he's a moderator in the group and did a sale post today. So I had to, I had to say, Hey, no bro, bro, that, that post is declined. We are removing your post to sell your Texas power paddle. We got to, we got to get that out of here. So nobody's allowed to post in there unless you're posting about fishing, kayaking, questions, not sales, not YouTube, not ads. Um, it's just going to be a post for good conversation. Nice nice little community, the Redfish Network. So go ahead, check that out. I know we can grow that fast because we have a great number of listeners compared to who is a part of that group. So if you download this episode, make sure you go down grow, download that group on Facebook Chris you got anything else you want to talk about in this intro I want to talk about um no no (laughs) we'll wait wait till later all right I'm gonna send it over to Jess this is usually where Chris says thank you for all that great information but Chris's mic is muted, so I'll go
2: ahead and say it. Thank that's you not for at that. all what I say. But just so, <laughs> just so you know, man, um, when you hit mute on your mic, the audio from just went dead. So cross your fingers that's in there.
1: It's not. Okay. <laughs> we'll go back to it. Ready?
2: No. No. Move on. You can cut it in. Don't do it.
0: Hey, Bro Staff, the Christmas season has arrived. And your elf has been watching. And Mariner Sales and Paddler's Playbook have teamed up to give you a whole new shopping experience. The Bro Staff Favorites section has been totally revamped with amazing new finds just in time to get them under your tree. And you can do it all at a very merry discount by entering the promo code BRO STAFF at checkout and save on these must-have items. Christmas is the season for overeating. You sure have been overeating. Thanks. And if that's got your old fishing clothing fitting a little tighter than you'd like, maybe it's time for some new ones over at real sportswear. With their super comfortable, relaxed fit, there's plenty of room for that second piece of pie and still being able to get in your kayak without blowing your pants out. Ew! Speaking of blowouts, if you haven't checked out PureFishing.com yet for the amazing holiday savings, you need to head on over there with your last minute self and finish up your holiday shopping today. Hey, what did you get me for Christmas? Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is Salt Side Jess. And Salt Side CJ. And And we'll we'll see see you on the Salt salt Side.
1: All right,
2: you done screwing things up now?
1: It's fine. It's good now.
2: Stop touching shit. I really
1: didn't touch mute that time. I really didn't. But go ahead.
2: So what's on your agenda here, Drew? You got three guys sitting here in the backstage, and you know you're gonna you're gonna make them sit there and listen to one another the whole time. You might as well just bring all three of them on at the same time, and they can just comment on each other while while Big Daddy Pez. What is that? What is Big Daddy Pez anyway? Is that like Pez Head? I mean, is you just you just like,
1: let's let's bring on Big Daddy Pez Lopez. Is,
2: are you just commenting on the fat head you got going there? What's going on man?
3: You know you know some of us are man-sized Chris we don't all shop at Baby Gap so <laughs> you know I, I gotta I gotta throw that big daddy Pez out there.
2: boy you don't shop you don't shop yes I don't even know what kind of stores they make for you man I mean the big and tall doesn't have it all but
3: damn it's called DXL destination XL throwing it out for the big guys.
1: Is that what the D stands for in DXL is destination? Well, we all wondered. We
3: all wondered. I was it's just destination, curious. I think.
1: The, that's what we're going to go with. That's what we're going to go with on the show right now. It sounds good.
3: You know, you know, Drew, I was really jealous of your uh, little your new road setup with your little podcaster there, but um after your issues, I don't know. I think I'll stick with my P4. <laughs> hey, hey,
1: the there's, there's the man not... can't keep his
3: hands out of the buttons. The That's only... me, too. That's why I'm going to stick with this one.
1: But look, you know what you guys need to do?
0: So sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle.
3: You need to sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle a
1: little bit, okay? <laughs> I've, got, I've got this under control. I don't know why I muted earlier. That doesn't make any sense. I didn't even hit mute. But we got Mr. Lopez on here, and what we did was we, we put out – a little post on the Redfish Network asking if anybody was available tonight because we want to know. Like th- we, me and Chris can talk about what's on our Christmas list all the time, but we want to know what is on the bro staff's wish list. And these fellows were like, "Yeah, we'll come on and talk." Uh, Big Daddy, what is on your Christmas list, man?
3: I need some lights for my PA, and I need a streamlined electronic system so i've I've been looking we talked earlier i've been looking at the fpv power station because i want everything streamlined i'm a big kind of streamlined guy but i want the lights too because this year i'm I'm gonna try i I do a lot of bow hunting so i'm gonna try to bow fish for a gar off my kayak and the best time to do that's at night
2: what
1: kind of lights
3: are
2: you talking about you're talking about just like bow and stern lights you're talking about like um more like a gigging setup
3: so, yes, all of the above, plus a light bar in front, because I also duck hunt out of my kayak.
2: All the lights. you
1: want. I want to be the, the
3: day. Lights. I want to be and, the sun coming down.
1: And we didn't talk about this except for when I said, hey, you want to come on. Um, but you were already talking about you were looking into the FPV uh, Power Hub. Guys, if you don't know what the FPV Power Hub is, it is a, a hub that will connect to your battery, and then it has six different... Uh, Chris, help me out. I want to say an outlet coming out of it, but that's
3: not There's outlets. six pigtails coming out. I yeah. think you have four switches and two are constant on.
1: Yeah, two are constant on, and you have a remote control. Yeah. So you can hook up those lights that you're talking about, and when daylight comes, you don't have to mess around with unplugging anything. You don't have to mess around with any switches getting wet. You have a tiny little remote that's in your hand, and all you have to do is press a button, and it cuts those lights off.
3: Exactly, um, I, and, and I run a power pole anyway, so I can just hang it on the same lanyard.
1: Yes, and you can probably run your power pole to the constant one because you're going to be using that all the time.
3: Man, look, you want to know something about that remote?
2: Don't don't be hanging it off your lanyard with your power pole remote.
3: Is it going to interfere interference?
2: No, no, I'm not. I'm not concerned about that. You need to put it somewhere where it can stay dry, somewhere where it doesn't get. Um, in contact with with salt water um, it's not a piece of equipment that i'm not talking shit about fpv and saying that it's bad okay because i have one myself but i'm just saying it's not a power pole remote so don't treat it as such it's a little more delicate um they say it's waterproof but we can all look and feel things right with our hands and say okay well i'm not going to trust that so much um, mine goes directly into my, uh, dry box. I and just keep I'll, mine I'll, in my life jacket and I'll pull it out of that dry box whenever I need it.
1: Yeah. I keep mine on my little life jacket. And the only thing I really use it for is to turn my 360 light on and off. So I don't have to
3: unplug anything. Just hit Yeah, A. that'd probably be, mine would probably sit in the hatch in the front of me, the little yeah. square hatch. There you just
1: go. sit right there in front of you and, um, I love the little system, especially i mean you can even run uh so two are, of them a couple of batteries, so you can have a whole you can have a whole spotlight system you fish finders everything off of off of that
2: that hub you're you plan on running balanced stern lights like a supernova set,
3: yeah, kinda like okay. supernova set,
2: so you're gonna have balanced stern lights and you plan on having probably some internal lights as well um I went kind of particular with the way that my lights are set up using the hub. And so my bow and my stern can be turned on and off independently. And my interior lights can be turned on and off independently. So you have four channels that you can turn on and off independently. But then you have those constant ons. And one of those constant ons, you're probably going to end up connecting to maybe, um, do you use GPS or fish finder?
3: Yeah, I got a fish finder.
2: Yeah, well, make sure that you order the voltage regulator as well. That is a very important part to that uh, integral setup. Um, That way your fish finder will always see a constant 12 volts.
3: So where does the regulator go? Does it go between the hub and the fish finder? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, you can put it
1: right between your uh, lead that's coming from your fish finder to the connection for the power hub.
3: Yeah, and I know Burley Pro makes a really nice mount system for the PA that mounts on the back hatch, and you can run, I think, two 17 and amp batteries. Yeah.
1: And that um that power hub comes with the six pigtails uh for the the mail end. Um, no, nope.
2: sorry, man. Um I want to touch on that Burley Pro thing before we get off of that. Also check out Tim Percy's um PA. Battery hub station. He has a hub station that is built for um, the PA, and it holds your batteries. It holds the hub state the um, the hub, the FPV power hub. Um, it holds all the wires, nice and neatly. It's all. I mean, it's already pre-configured, so that all you have to do is plug everything. In.
3: Yeah, you're going to have to message me that one cuz I want to see that. That's, That's convenient.
2: That is pretty nice. And Chris, it is available at Mariner Sales.
1: Chris, I have a question for you. What's your cuz I know you've done the research on this and you you've taken some courses. Um do kayaks have to have navigation lights if they have an electric motor?
2: Um all right. So this is this is a topic that has gone round and round. And Coast Guard will tell you that you do not. Um, Texas Parks and Wildlife, some will tell you you do, some will tell you you do not. So you watch baseball, right? Yes. All right. So there's a such thing as a judgment call, mm-hmm. right? So let's say you catch that game warden on a night where he's feeling like making a judgment call, and he writes you a ticket for uh no navigational lights. You can fight that in court. Okay? Because the law states that you must have a lantern at the ready to a avoid signaling any type device, of, right? Yeah, it specifically says actually it says a torch. Okay. <laughs> now that's that's the Coast Coast Guard regulations, okay? Texas Parks and Wildlife Refers back to the Coast Guard regulations, although Coast Guard regulations state that your your inshore laws trump Coast Guard regulations. So, what I what I typically tell people to do do not ever try to mimic a boat as a kayak, because you okay. cannot move as fast as a boat. You if cannot move as you're fast a as a boat. Plus. Let's say somebody doesn't get it right, okay? If you're on a boat, the lights that are on a boat are specific. Um, they create a characteristic that tells the person that views those lights what is happening with that boat, okay? At uh, And I can't remember off the top of my head the actual degrees, but I think it's 225 degrees split that in half. It's a hundred twelve point five. Um, each light, your red and your green light, are only visible at a hundred twelve point five degrees. And your stern light, your your white light, is typically well, most of the time it's an all round white light, right? The three sixty, yeah. Three hundred and sixty they they yeah, they call it all round white light. Um but on some crafts, it's it's not visible at 360 degrees because what's part of that 360 degrees is the 225 from your front lights. Okay, your front navigational lights. Built, building all that up into one characteristic will tell the other person that's viewing those lights exactly what's going on with that boat. And possibly even tell them not only what direction they're traveling, but um whether it's right and left of of their bow or uh, their port side or or starboard side so if you want to put lights on a kayak i say go extreme go funky go purple
1: make it like a a 1990s honda accord with sure you know lights underneath lights in the wheels lights inside
3: i will straight up roll purple dude do it okay
2: (laughs) Mine are, mine are all um, blue, okay? My lights are blue. Well, no, the, the, I've got ones, some in the back that are green. Um, but I don't want to look like anything else on the water. Which, I want people to see that and go, oh, shit, I better not hit that. I better stay away from it.
1: Which that's makes sense because, you know, in – daylight we put up like bright orange flags we want to have some bright kayaks we wear bright life vest most people wear you know uh bright hats and everything else but then at night we want to try to look like a boat like I, yeah. I think it's just the fact that we want it to look like a boat not a kayak sometimes
2: we want to put everything
1: we can on there
2: just to go one step further um when when that actually becomes a regulation where you must have navigational lights on the front of your boat actually it doesn't even have to necessarily be on the front of your boat um but anyway you i believe you have to be over 7 meters and have horsepower rating greater than five horsepower something like that see that's I, I what i don't thought quote me, but
1: i thought the regulation was a horsepower thing that's why the electric thing. motors it's, we don't have to have actually, anything on there
2: it's actually length i believe
1: okay um so anyway lopez that, are you a, looking at any particular light packages are you looking at supernovas what you looking at man
3: man you know i'm honestly thinking of uh doing it myself Finding some because you know, I solder and all that. Uh, finding some waterproof light strips and running them myself because I'm like Chris, I want the brightest white everywhere. I want to look like a glowing white ball coming down. And I wired my old kayak for lights, you know, all the way around with the light bar and everything. So,
1: and I know That's... both of y'all, both of y'all will know this because you're kind of both, uh, in the know on stuff like that. What what is a waterproof light? Is that IP sixty eight? Is that IP seventy? Like IPX sixty seven, I think.
3: You're
2: not even going to get those types of you know ratings on LED lights. Basically, they're going to be waterproof or not, and to call them waterproof is sometimes a stretch.
3: Oh, you definitely have to spend. If if so, I, I tried it with a cheap set of just stick on led lights in my, and in, in my first kayak and the moment they got wet, they were done. I think the whole roll was like 30 bucks though. So the next roll, I think I spent a hundred for even less length, but while they were under the water, they worked now they had to be sealed. You know, I had to be very careful of, of how I ran the connections and I had to waterproof the connections and all that, but it's definitely, uh, one of those things where when you spend the money, you get it right. And I think FPV has some – you can run their waterproof pigtails and and wire it to whatever you want.
2: You know, if you – well, okay, so FPV, (laughs) another thing I'm going to suggest, man, get a higher higher quality um, pigtail, okay? What they're using is called the uh, Boogie RV or – Bougie RV, that's what I usually call it, a bougie RV, but I think it's actually pronounced boogie RV. Um, they're okay, but the the metal, um, and this is what, what I was going to say about the LEDs, dude, and everybody listening, um, tinned copper wire is what you're looking for whenever you're building stuff for our environment, which is coastal, okay? Um, if you want corrosion, absolute corrosion protection, or if you want them to get wet and not freak out on you, a tinned copper wire is what you want. Not bare copper and not freaking, I don't know, some cheap-ass aluminum wire, but tinned copper wire. Um, Those bougie RV connectors that they use for the FPV power batteries are really, really freaking like sturdy, um, heavy-duty connectors. They're used for uh, like big solar panels that they that they install on houses
1: yeah once you get those suckers plugged in they are not
2: coming apart i would suggest something um a little bit smaller in profile and just make sure that they're a um made from copper uh tinned copper and and you should be good that's just my suggestion
3: I'm just gonna send you the stuff that I'm looking at and I'm gonna let you tell me if it's good or not <laughs> you're there you're already there, there.
2: You post post it up on the redfish network man and, we and- a conversation going on there but i, I can't guarantee you that I'll engage <laughs> not for at least the next month Chris is, Chris yeah is, all I Chris know is, is just post your uh,
3: work progress post your work progress because that's what I want to see
2: uh man
3: oh what uh, you can how about that
2: it, yeah I was able to share that one little deal. That was that was pretty much it.
3: Super exciting!
2: All
1: right, Mr. Lopez, I'm gonna get you out of here. We're gonna get another bro staff member in here to talk about what is on their Christmas list. I hope uh, Santa brings you. Hey, a, a, an electrical system, man.
2: Actually, actually, I hope you, uh, you know, undig yourself from that hunt and hole that you've created and get back out on the water fishing because right now everybody can become a redfish pro.
3: It'll be soon. It'll be soon. Uh, hunting season's almost over, and I'll be back out there. But I still
2: but, yet to see you catch a fish. So,
3: well, you know, I'm. I'm. They call me the uh, silent assassin because it's only, uh it's only very rare that I catch a fish. When I do, it's usually a one really big one that wins money.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh! I like that fish that win money. Chris, yeah. what, what have you made me become? I didn't want to tournament fish before, but doing this show with you has made me want to tournament fish more and more. Mr. Lopez, thank you for joining us, man. We're going to bring on the next member of the bro staff.
3: All right, guys. Pleasure talking with y'all. Audio All
1: right, my man. Me. All right. We got Mr. Jonathan. Jonathan, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Have you, have you taken a night off from the One Last Cast podcast tonight?
4: Uh yeah. Um uh, it's it's kind of tough creating content during the holidays, especially with getting busy and and all that stuff. So. <laughs>
2: yeah. It, you know, if you're anything like me, I don't want to. I'm like, I don't want to. I want to just do my holiday shit. I am not a Grinch,
1: Drew. We, we could we could t- well, I need a cutoff date. Like give me a cutoff date on when holiday November 1st. begins. November. Okay. We're going to have to do a lot of pre-recording <laughs> next year because guys, you're going to get this episode uh, right now. And then we're going to bring you a special episode. You know, we've been in on a couple different podcasts. One of them was Jonathan's podcast. I was on that one. What we're going to do is I'm going to throw together an episode of segments from me and Chris on guest spots from other podcasts, and that's going to be what you guys will get on the 27th on that episode right after Christmas. So I don't have to bother Chris for almost a whole month, Um, so he can be less grumpy. Hopefully in another month, he'll be less grumpy, because he'll get everything
4: he wants from his wish list. You can can call the episodes the best of guests. There you go, the best of guests. There you
1: go. (laughs) Jonathan, but we brought you on here, man, because you said you posted in the Redfish Network and you said one of the things you wanted was a quality motor to get you where you wanted to go. That's not what he said. But you he already bought it, didn't you? He had
2: bought for himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, you already the bought the motor, man, didn't you?
4: What would you end up getting? I so if you know me and if you listen to a podcast, I am a I don't like spending money. Um, so, uh, that was always one of the barriers to having a motor. And I actually, you all, you also hear me say that I don't, I, I'm on the fence about the motor and I'm still kind of on the fence about it. Uh, but recently I came across a, a Bixby, uh, J2, uh, with a battery and everything like that for a really good deal. And I just thought about it and I couldn't turn it down. So I now am an owner of a Bixby motor with the, uh, rudder attachment, uh, and battery and. Um, I haven't installed it yet and I've just been looking at it and to be honest, it's, uh, it's actually because of the last couple of tournaments that I've done. There's a lot of stuff that I, I, I want to do tournament wise, but I think one of the main things nowadays, because there's no secret spots anymore. The big thing is just range. You gotta Um, be able to get to the spots now. Yeah. It's just having to be able to get there. Um, and i don't know if i'm going to take that deep dive into tournaments next season i'm trending toward that but just seeing going to these tournaments and seeing all of you all have have motors and being able to get to these you know these spots that you know most more than likely a lot of people have fished it is just as a kayaker you normally you would overlook it because it's just so freaking far away um and uh having that extra push from the motor that just got me to to start start that uh start that process and get the get the the gears turning on it
1: chris did it extend your range this year for tournaments having the motor i only used it in one did you i mean but did you fish the same spot you would I have fished, fished the if same yeah the same thing the only I,
2: difference is i had 25 mile an hour winds
1: and it was <laughs> a little easier to get to your spot that day
2: yeah um honestly i think that on the way back from where we were fishing, just a regular Mirage drive would have been better than the motor. Yeah. Cross current or what? No, I was, um, we were, well, yeah, the wind was to our, to our side. Um, but I can't say that there was a current necessarily. It's just with, with the Mirage drive, you can con- control, um, your, 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 your direction, your speed, and the amount of torque that you're putting into your, the oncoming waves, whereas the motor you're set to one individual speed, and that's that's it. Now, of course, you can it varies. You know, you can go up and down. You can slide that that throttle up, <clears throat> go a little faster, bring it a little. You know, bring it down and go a little bit slower. But you're still one speed, and it's not going to react like a, just the mirage drive will
1: as quickly as just stopping your it's just stopping yeah. or speeding up real quick
2: i was i was pulling those those damn fish and i was like man i think the mirage drive would actually do better in this situation so honestly what both best of both worlds man i think i'm going to put take my motor and put it on my outback
4: and, and that's actually the reason why i um Uh, that I got the motor the way it was is because it came with the rudder adapter. It's on the rudder. Um, That way I still have the usage of the drive if I need it. So Um, Bixby,
2: Um, you know, that, for those that, you know, don't know what Bixby is, it's more of like a jet drive or it is a jet drive. It is a jet drive. Yeah. Um, Jet drives are known to not necessarily be, you know, torquey creatures. They're more of a horsepower creature our horsepower creator. Um So Chris, why is that important in the kayak
1: to, to have like the difference between a, cause I don't know the difference between like a horsepower creature and a torque okay, creature. Like, what, like are, what are they going to give you
2: differently? It's like, it's this, the situation it's situational. Okay. So if you're, if you're in, if you're going down to, um, Three mile cut mm-hmm. and you're in a two wheel drive vehicle. You better get them horses running. You got You got to be rolling
1: pretty quickly to get through that, to get through that, that soft mud or but soft, soft. If you have four
2: wheel drive, you can probably stop right in the middle of it, right? You can creep through it because you got, you got torque to all four wheels and you can just go ahead and, and crawl on through. Um, when when you're motorized a prop drive will create more torque than a jet drive and it's almost like the difference of having two wheel drive versus four wheel drive so it's gonna it can grab it's going to grab water and it's going to push you it's
1: going to get you up and going a little quicker
2: Man, he he made it seem like you were going to get on plane in a kayak. It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I was thinking in my head, but I knew I I did not need to say get on plane in a kayak. But I'm saying like it'll has a better whole shot.
2: And then, you know, beyond that, you know, if you're just talking like, you know, um, motorized vessels, period, um, the difference between a single prop drive and twin rotating props then brings you from like four-wheel drive to six-wheel drive (laughs) when when you the more props you add the more you're going to grab water and and push so you know jet drives are fast okay they can move you quickly but they're not going to be able to move weight efficiently
1: once once you get up to move and you can can get shallower you know
2: You can get shallower than a prop drive.
1: So is that one of the reasons why, you know, with being in a Hobie, um, you went with the Bigsby is because you can, you know, kind of get it up to good cruising speed just with your feet. And then you can hit that Bigsby and kind of, Bigsby and kind of chill, relax and, and get moving.
4: Yeah. So one of the options I was looking at when it came out was a Texas Power Paddle. Um, uh, and I, like you said, your brother has one on sale and I was looking at that one too. <laughs> um, uh, for
2: sale, not on sale.
4: Yeah, it's for sale. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, one of the drawbacks to that, the one that he was uh, particularly, um, selling is the, it, it was on the transducer plate. Um, and that would, that kind of, you know, I was worried about messing with the transducer and electronics. Um, I just wanted an option where I could still utilize the the pedal drive where I, you can make the fine tune adjustments that you need to. Um, for me, there are areas that I fish that to be more efficient to fish them. I have to, I will fish an area and I will literally, instead of paddling an extra two miles down, it's easier for me just to pack up the vehicle and go. Um, and drive to a, a Wait, different launch spot.
2: Did you say two miles?
4: Yeah, it's 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 not a lot. No, it's that's a very short distance. Two I'm miles is nothing. will beat you, man! If no, you're, I if you're I know about that. <laughs> no, it's two miles, but it's easier for me to pack up and go drive to a different launch to go to that two, to the second mile and launch there than to just paddle over there. Um, but uh, actually, here here's a better example. So that one day uh, during that tournament, that was thirty miles an hour. I limit we limit Curtis and I eliminated so much water. Because of the wind. Um, And. I think. Having the motor as an option. Could have opened up some. You know could have opened up some more water. To us. uh, Or at least to me. Because obviously Curtis doesn't have a motor. But it would have opened up some options for me. um, That I wouldn't have otherwise considered. Just because I have that ability. Um, Because like by 11. 11, 11-12 o'clock our legs are shot. Just. Constantly working into that that current and working against it. So,
2: Curtis is a big tennis player. His legs should have been good to go all day long. That's what I said too, but uh, you know,
4: <laughs> <laughs> but they were
1: not. Chris, I, I've got some I've got some motor questions for you, and I know Bill, Nye, the science guy, definitely has the answers to these because
2: I do not. Well, I want to know something about the Bixie real quick so it's it's on your rudder correct does it fold up properly when you stow your rudder
4: uh i haven't installed it yet but i don't see why it wouldn't um i mean if it doesn't stow up uh then basically you'd have to turn the rudder all the way left and that way it would just stow up and it'll kind of hang off to the side a little bit um is it a right or left i forgot which way it comes up wait hold up hold up
2: what are you putting this on
4: on a Revo 13. Okay, when yeah you,
2: when you went Stow and Go instead of Stow, all right, yeah. I was like, okay, this is not this is not a newer, or yeah, okay.
4: Yeah, the the Revo still have the standard um, Stow and uh, Go. Yeah. Which yep. which they need to change that. No, yes. absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. I the Revo didn't...
2: actually needs a little bit more skeg. Um because the perpetual right hand turn when you're paddling is horrible.
4: Does you just make my, my fine adjustments on the on your rudder. I, I think I prefer this method than the actual where the rudders in in line with the kayak like the outback and the, the pro angler uh, has. Well we'll have to agree to
2: disagree on. that.
1: <laughs> I think Chris, I think you're just right arm is just so strong whenever you're paddling that you just turn right all the time
2: let me let me tell you something man it was my wife too so what kind of conversation are we getting into here it's it wasn't her it wasn't her right arm
1: okay okay just making sure when
2: she when she was in the revo she hated it because she was constantly doing corrective strokes and you guys have heard me talk about that before but anyway we digress what is your motor
1: here's my question
2: the Newport has
1: their new um, NK, NK three hundred coming out, three horsepower.
2: My autopilot is a fifty-five pound. Is a twelve volt, twelve volt system is fifty-five pounds.
1: Okay, so I'm running a hundred and ten amp hour battery, never run out of juice, running that thing all day. Your Newport one hundred and eighty is a twenty-four volt, but you can run a fifty amp hour and get juice for all day the I new days yeah the new newport is a 36 36 volt. volt and they're saying that you can get a full day on 30 amp hours like why is adding more voltage why does that make everything more because efficient you draw
2: less amps so you, you, you can voltage
1: because you're so when you're using a higher voltage you're pulling less amps from that motor and that's what makes it more efficient. Mm -hmm. So you can probably get by with half of, I mean, is it as simple as like a half? You're still going to have to buy a
2: $3,000 battery. If, (laughs) if you're trying to figure out which battery route to go.
1: No, no, no. I'm just saying like, is there a simple, is there a simple conversion from, you know, voltage from a 12 to 24, 36? Like, can you drop it by a third? Depending on what the voltage of the motor is for efficiency, like is it thirty six no. volt? Okay,
2: so it it depends. It depends on the amp draw of the motor. So with a motor like the NK three hundred, okay, it's rated at three horsepower. Three horsepower is roughly. I think it's probably like a hundred twelve pound thrust. A um, hundred twelve pound thrust at full throttle is probably going to use almost uh, 70 to 80 um, amp hours at full thrust okay you're not going to be able to use that motor at full thrust on a 30 amp hour battery all day long but if you use that motor at probably 40 percent of its thrust capability then you're probably only going to use like 20 amps okay if you use uh, a 55 pound motor at 40% of its capable thrust, you're probably still somewhere around 25 to 30 amps.
1: So it's more just about the amp draw of the motor than it is anything else.
2: It is. Okay.
1: Do you think we're going to see more and more go to a 36-volt system and batteries are going to start to go down in price? This will
2: probably... Look, if anything, man... Um, next thing you know, you're going to see, see twin rotating props on these damn things. Um, and it's, it's going to, yeah, it's going to get out of hand. And honestly, the more, the more, you know, we try to change the things that we do, um, and for the fun of just doing it right. The more there's a government entity out there looking to add regulations, (laughs) I would not um, be surprised if they start adding horsepower um, limits on some of these kayaks. It would be hard to do, but I would say, like, three horsepower is probably enough, and they don't probably need to go any higher than that. 36 volts, look, man, some of... Some of the best names in in some of the most hardcore fishing um, circuits out there, whether it be freshwater or saltwater, uh, their 36-volt systems are high-tech, high-dollar, and robust. We're out there playing a game with these things. <laughs> that's, that's all it is it, to me is just playing a game with these things. 36 volts is ridiculous. I thought 24 volts was ridiculous. Honestly, I've been considering just using this 12-volt system that I have um, because my brother was pulling away from me in that big, fat um, Frontier 12 with a 50-pound Minn Kota 12-volt system. He was pulling away from me, and I was using a 24-volt, 60-pound NK-180. So I'm like, damn, if I can use the 12-volt system. Now, granted, that Mincota is is heavy. It's big. It's mm-hmm. heavy. I don't see how they packed 60-pound thrust into that small, little bitty motor that Newport makes. But they ah. did it, and Torquedo did the same thing. Now, Jonathan, what's the thrust capacity of the Bixby?
4: Um, I actually, uh, on the top of my head, I don't know. Um, well, here,
1: look at, look at, look it up real quick, because I see you got your computer in front of you. Yep. And I actually, Chris, I pulled up the Newport's website, and so you were you were pretty spot on with your estimations there too. Um, I listened to another podcast where they had the. Uh, one of the guys from Newport on and he was talking about how wattage is more important than
2: anything else bro wattage and and amp hours are directly it's, the same thing right it, you can convert them the, it's never going to change math okay. is it math never changes and it never lies
1: okay so, so i'm guessing so this would be max amp draw as well as max wattage because it has the different ranges here so on newport's website it says that if you're using like a 12 foot kayak with one person and a 30 amp hour lithium battery on a calm day if you're pulling 1100 watts which i'm guessing is the top speed you will get one hour and 10 minutes of use and you'll be able to go 6.76 miles
2: That's full thrust.
1: Yeah, that's full thrust with a a 60 amp hour battery. Now it drops down to 300 watts. You're going to get four hours of use and you're going to have a 17.7 mile range. And again, this is all on a 30 amp hour battery. And then if you drop it down to 40 watts, you can get up to 30 hours of runtime and 66 miles, which is the very top range. But I'm guessing that's like... 40 watts. I'm guessing that's... Rabbit speed, I'm guessing that's in between rabbit and turtle, and then
2: I'm guessing that's turtle. (laughs) Dude, uh, at 40 watts, that is less than 4% of your capable thrust.
1: And it seems like you're going pretty slow if it takes you 30 hours to go 66 miles. I mean, you're at what, 2 point something miles an hour?
4: That's trolling speed. I could pat. I could pedal faster, faster than that.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, but you won't be, you won't be as, as tired.
4: Yeah, that's true. Uh yeah. So uh, according to website, it's a uh, thirty-two pounds of thrust for the. Uh, okay, for, for the I was victory. thinking
2: it was thirty pounds. So yeah. thirty, thirty-two pounds of thrust. So that's that's right in line with the Texas power paddle, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're probably going to be, you know, well the Revo, you might, you might actually get some decent speed out of it, and you won't be too, too concerned about torque the The Texas Power Paddle does not move the Outback all that great. Like two point six miles an hour um, is like the max speed that you're gonna get out of that thing.
4: Yeah, there there's a little chart that they have here. Um, they has it has the Hobie Outback with a load of two hundred sixty five pounds. Your top speed is five and a half miles an hour, but runtime is only one point one and a quarter hour. Um, I I think that with this chart here, it's like more in line with these are like a vibe sea ghost or viking pro fish Mm -hmm. um and the load here is like 265 250. i'm not my load isn't that much um because you downsize on the kayak all the time and you're looking at with a viking pro fish six and a half miles an hour at a one and a quarter mile uh hours and uh five and a half miles per hour at one and a quarter for the vibe so when i was just looking at that i was like that obviously you don't run it on full power all the time so no,
2: that's like the worst thing you can do. Yeah. First off, it's going to generate heat. Heat robs power. Um it's it's not smart. My my daughter almost caught our boat on fire because she <laughs> was using the stupid trolling motor at you know level 10 for like an hour. <laughs>
1: Just rolling. So oh what is God. a what is it's a like good range? Like I was range. Up the schools. <laughs> what is a good range though? Like if if in your head you're like I'm getting this motor because I want to go to this spot right here. This spot is seven miles from the launch. I want to get there as fast as possible. Is that too far to, to just hammer down and go? So, cause I know a lot of people, that's what they're thinking. They're like, yeah. oh, I can launch here. That's only, you know, that's only 5.7 miles from the
4: launch. I can get there easily now that I got this motor. Yeah. Well, 5.7, 5, 5. you know, I, I, I'm comfortable doing that with just a Revo. Um, it, it's uh, w- with the, with the pedal drive. Um, it's, you know, we, I think the longest trip I ever did in a single day, we uh, it was Jay Lee and I, we did round trip. We did like something like 21 miles. Um, and, you know, if you think of, obviously we're fishing the whole time, like going place, fish and fish area and keep going. But, You know, that's almost like running a marathon. And at the end of the day, we were exhausted. Um, That's good. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, uh, I think for for me, it's more of, I I think it's just the assist. Because I can pedal at the same time. Not heavily, but I can pedal while 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 it's going. But um, I think it become more comfortable. Yeah, like the seven, eight miles where... I was like, I can look at that and be like, that's a little more feasible for something for something like me and the Revo. Um, uh, although I don't know if I'm going to push it that far just yet because you, I need to figure out so the capabilities.
2: <laughs> I, I fished in Louisiana with a, a group of three guys that all had vibes and they all had Bixby's on their vibes. And they did not use the Bixby's to get to a location. They used the Bixby's to basically scoot around those areas once they got there. Basically, they didn't want to kill their batteries <laughs> by making using their batteries the whole trip there. They'd rather have some juice to get them back. Um, it's kind of like if you choose, you know, you have two launches to choose from to get to one location. One of them's th- to the east of your fishing location. The other one's to the west of your fishing location. You get up in the morning, you look at the wind and you say, "Okay, the wind's coming out of the east. I'd rather have that wind at my back on the way um back to you know from fishing that rather than fight the wind."
1: Fight the wind, yeah. Fight yeah. the wind to get there when and then let it, let it blow yeah. you back. But so is there but there is there a run time that you think is is better for these motors? Are you like you can run it full bore for 20 minutes, 30 minutes? 15 minutes like when should you ever feel comfortable just hammering down
2: When in you an em- make a sharp turn
1: <laughs> that's it that's the only time you should run at full speed
4: i was gonna say like if you in an emergency situation where like there's a gale force windstorm coming and you're trying to get off the water maybe you could consider doing that but <laughs> uh I, I just for me I, I know that you're not supposed to run them on full power anyways because, because of the uh um uh, you're just gonna kill the battery. And that, and like you said, these batteries are expensive too, so um
1: I've been I've been horrible to my
4: autopilot. I don't wanna
1: admit <laughs> this because Duke may be listening, but the only time I really run at full speed is when I'm towing like two or three people in back to the launch, and that's probably the worst time to put that much load
2: on
5: a
1: yeah on a on a battery. But Jonathan, man, we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna get on to the next guest. Chris well, brought before, up something. Before you, that you I drop him off to.
2: there, man, let's let's do some math real quick, okay? Because I remembered the conversion. All right? right. And just since we're we're talking the topic, and I know, you know, the guys waiting backstage, they probably want some education too. Shake your head if you do.
1: We got two head shakes. <laughs> I, I know All what's right. about to come. You guys know what's so about to come.
2: In order, in order to uh, figure out, you know, the amp and wattage or the amp conversion, it's basic. Very very basic math. It is watts divided by volts. Super easy, right? So let's say that you have a you know 12 volt system and um, you have an, an 1100 pound or 1100 watts drawn off of that 12 volt system. You know you're going to be up there in, in amps. You know, it's going to be pretty high. But as soon as you take it to a 36-volt system, your amps are going to drop considerably, honestly, by th- three times. They're going to be divided by three. So <clears throat> is sa- in saying watts are more important than amps, that is a negative. They're the same thing. It's it a measurement of power. That's just depends
1: it on which way you want to throw it up there. Cause you were right. I mean, if, if like the site said eleven hundred watts, if you're saying you just divide that by the thirty six volts, then you're at thirty point five, which is an hour on a, 30 amp, on a battery. thirty amp battery. I mean, that's that's it right there.
2: That's your pro tip. I don't know. That's your pro tip, tip from Chris. I actually I was off on my first uh, my like I had the hour thing in my head, but I think I didn't get the conversion right. I think I said it was a hundred ten pound thrust, which would be close to you know an eighty amp draw. But that was incorrect.
4: Look at us. It's we're talking about kayaking and we're we're getting some See? science nerdy. Yeah. Okay.
1: You guys are mathing on me. We're gonna have to get Jonathan out of
4: here. Y'all are y'all are getting math nerdy on me. <laughs> you know, me. I, I suck let, at math by the way, so let know. me let me say I'm this horrible.
2: to you, man. I dated a girl in, in uh, high school and a lot of people said, you know, why, how'd you end up with Chris? And she said, because he's the hottest nerd I've ever met. <laughs> well, there you go. You I are was a nerd the back nerd then nerd I ever met though.
1: I mean, you're sexy, especially with that big old right arm that makes you keep turning to the right and those Hobies, uh-huh. but I don't know about the sexiest nerd. But Jonathan, thanks for joining us, man. Guys, check out the one last Ch- one last cast podcast. Jonathan's on there a lot because he's th- he's the host. But you'll be able to hear him uh, a little bit more on our next episode. But Jonathan, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go on to our next guest from the bro staff. Our man T Rail. T Rail, what's up, my man? T Rails, you're on building rods right now. Here we go. What up? What's going on? Hey, Chris, you mentioned that whenever you were on this trip to Louisiana and and backstage, I was talking to T. Rail. T. Rail, man, what's on your what's on your Christmas list? You said you wanted some cash, man.
5: Yeah, just give me some money. I'm trying to go travel this year, do some fishing. Uh, Chandelier Islands is one of the big ones. Pelican, Chris, sound familiar?
2: Yes, sir. So um, growing up. You know, of course, in Louisiana, we kind of fished in Louisiana, <laughs> and uh, you're you're looking for a good time, basically, man. You're headed headed in the right direction, sir. Have you ever fished Louisiana before?
5: Yeah, we go every year. We okay, stay cool. in uh, like 15 miles north of Venice. It's like Burris, so we go there every year. Go for like five, six days. So and just.
2: Hey, Why my. does Drew call you T Rail? I don't know. I don't know either, man. So Terrell,
1: <laughs> it's T Rail. Go ahead. T Rail works though. <laughs>
2: um, you know, you don't you don't have any kids, right? No kids. No kids. Um, he is married, um, but no kids. So you're kind of in the same boat that I'm in. I'm like. I buy whatever I want all year long. <laughs>
5: Pretty much, I, I, yeah.
2: I don't, I don't need necessarily Christmas gifts. I've already got everything that I wanted to buy. You know, it's in my possession.
1: If anybody was going to send Christmas gifts to the Paddler's Playbook, you can send them to uh, April Sound, Montgomery, Texas, yeah. to Drew. To Do Drew. not send Chris <laughs> any.
2: He buys everything he needs. So asking asking for a, a trip is actually a pretty cool um, you know Christmas gift and I'm right there with you. I gifted my wife one time a, a trip to Banff and for those of you that don't know what Banff is, that's basically Calgary you know uh, Canada and uh <clears throat> but Louisiana. Man, that's sort of a cheap trip, dude. Let's do something bigger than that. If it was on your wish list, you know, you want to, you're going to sit on Santa's lap today, and you're going to ask <laughs> Santa for a trip for Christmas. Where would that trip be to?
5: I think he's going to say. Look at that blank stare. I think Man, he's going to say on. Louisiana. Give us something good. <laughs> I don't know bahamas is kind of up there too you know since i picked up the fly fishing yeah um going down there you know tarpon snope, I'm not trying hermit. to belittle
2: your louisiana trip by the way man
5: yeah i mean well if you think about it, the like the pelican trip it's it's not cheap because well i mean i guess it is if you want to go like solo or you know and just hop on with a random person it's inexpensive but to go there with like pretty much a group of your buds I think it's eight people for four days, and just be out in the middle of nowhere. And Chris, that's the way to do
2: it for real.
1: I I think I think, and I speak whenever I say us or you or I'm talking about all of us because we're all in, you know, southeast Texas. It's it's cheap to us because we can drive there. I think Um, it's easy for us to drive to to anywhere in Louisiana that we want to go and, it, and it's not going to kill us in gas or anything because we, we're we spoiled as far as redfish are concerned. Look,
2: but Louisiana still has an economy that's not going to kill you whenever you're trying to spend money there. Um, I have been to you know bars there and walked out, drank a six-pack of beer, had a burger and fries, and I was under 20 bucks. <laughs> you know you're still going to your dollar goes a long way out there out there yeah. but um you know I, I would like right now i've been like itching i i got to get to like the east coast man to go fish you know i just i've been itching for like north carolina south carolina um you know georgia um you know to experience some of those waters
1: just a little something different
2: yeah I'm still chasing redfish, you know, not not chasing anything else. But, um, well, mate, kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool to hammer some kings from the surf, you know that. That seems like it'd be fun on the fly too. That would be pretty awesome.
1: I want to catch some big striper, cause those striper get huge. Okay,
2: now you're getting gay. <laughs>
1: I'm talking about just going a little bit further north, like a little bit, like into Virginia to go, go after some stripers out there. I mean, you can do it in North Carolina as well.
5: They also have like some of the biggest, biggest redfish up there, too. I think yeah. like in the 50s. Yeah. Well, so 50 length
1: wise. I, th- I think the record, like the American record redfish, maybe it's everything record, was out of North Carolina, I think. I'm not 100% positive but I'm pretty sure.
2: One of the reasons why I'd like to go to the um East Coast to fish for redfish is I want that challenge of of the, you know, extreme tide swings and uh yeah. structure um and uh, you know you you'll, you end up with like three different fishing days all in one day. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. It is it you'll hear
1: people from the East coast and stuff. And even into Florida say, I want to get down to Texas and Louisiana, man. I just, I can't wait to have the challenge. Go fish the (laughs) flats and see them tailing like that would be awesome. That's my dream. So I think we're all on this call right now. I think we're all a little spoiled in that, but I would definitely love to, to go to the East coast too. But what, what makes that, chandelier islands that that area of louisiana what makes it so special to people like chris you've taken a few trips out there t-rail you want to go on a, a trip out there what makes that area special
5: so out there you're i think it's like 40 miles off the coast so you're so far from pretty much anything um there's a lot of grass flats way out there which is pretty pristine compared to Louisiana. Now, like they're getting inundated with all the erosion and every year that we go, like you're losing marsh. It's like, Hey, we were fishing this marsh here and the next year it's gone. It's underwater. So it's cool out there. Like, I think it's just, I don't know, just being away. It's
1: a way and it's, there's, there's no real distinguishable points between Okay, this is surf. Okay, this is bay. It's just kind of a a marsh together where you can find forty inch bull redfish in the same water that's what, like two foot deep in some spots, a foot deep Pretty in much. some spots. You can you can find huge bull reds or there's bull sharks running around out there in a foot of water and things like that. I think it's just the there's there's no barrier islands. Um, that are like distinct points where this is where the surf starts. This is where the, uh, this is where the bay is kind of like where we're at with, you got the intercoastal canal, you've got so many little islands and stuff in between there. You got marsh over on this side, you go hop across the sand and everything. And you're in the surf where down there, it's just kind of all mishmashed, pushed all in together. And you get so many huge fish going back and forth.
5: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like Laguna Madre a little bit, you know, cause it's just endless flats, but you can, you can pretty much do whatever you want. If the Pelican, so they have, I think it's, they have like six skiffs that are set up and up to now, they, now they have like push poles and polling platforms. So if you want to go fly fish, cool. Hop on the skiff, go pole. You want to jump out and wade, go jump out and wade because the bottom will let you do it. It's not, you know, six foot mud like it is north do. of louisiana yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much yeah. so and and yeah jump out and walk the beachfront and you know catch a bull red you know right there
1: now chris you've you've done a lot of trips like this louisiana florida you know doing doing tournaments what's the hardest part about planning a trip like this with your boys like what's something that's pretty is easy
2: nothing hard about planning the trip nothing no okay maybe one
5: thing getting them all together
2: getting them all together just finding the um, date is that usually the hardest thing no just getting just just getting people to commit no you you make a date you say we're going this weekend you know and you put the date out there you might put two dates out there whatever but no just getting everyone to commit and then not getting them to back out you know a week or two before you're supposed to leave make them pay up front is that what you're saying yeah that's pretty important you know if they're that's their commitment the money is the commitment um, honestly you you really want your buddy to be there you want your pal to be there um, on the trip but in all honesty um, the money is the
1: commitment make everybody pay up front like hey yeah. here's when we're going here's the that's house important. house everything or houses else
2: is, everything else is easy bro everything else is easy. You you know, food's easy. Um, Lodging is easy. I've never had a hard time finding lodging. Um, You know, there there are people out there that just don't want to work hard for it, though. So they're like, oh, man, uh, I had to sleep in my car. And I was like, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) you just didn't work hard enough for, you know, finding the lodging that you needed or you were too late, way too late.
1: That was my next question. How far in advance are you guys planning these trips? Ideally, ideally.
2: Uh, I'm about to start my my April trip. Four or five months. I should have I should have started it two months ago. I should have I should have locked in the place two months ago because the place I wanted's already gone, but I can find another one. Are you
1: looking on uh, Verbo or where are you looking at?
2: Typically these days it's VRBO or um What's the other one? Chris, VRBO. I can tell I can tell you don't watch Hulu.
1: You know how I can tell you don't watch Hulu? I do not watch Hulu. Because Verbo has a commercial now that says it is not VRBO. We are Verbo.
2: It's they- vacation <laughs> rental by owner. It is VRBO. It is an acronym.
1: Not according to their commercials. They yeah, say it is Verbo. It is not VRBL. I think it's Tom Brady that says it too. And everything he says got, has to be true. Oh, right?
2: Well, if it's Tom Brady, I don't, I mean, <laughs> Oh, Skeletor himself.
1: There you go. T-Rail man. You got anything else on your Christmas list that you want to talk about before we get out of here? I saw you building some rods there. You got any, got any rods that, that you want to build?
5: Yeah. yeah. I built a, I got my little brother set up with one. I just finished that up. Um, man, rod components are getting expensive. So I'm glad I'm not doing it like crazy anymore. Just kind of here and there.
1: Yeah, man, you got to you gotta stock up. I stocked up on the Black Friday sale um, on some of the websites and I, I bought like 20 sets of grips. Uh, I bought a bunch of cork rings. I just brought a lathe so I can start turning my own grips without making a huge mess in my shop slash recording studio. So I dropped about 400 bucks just to to get me through the first part of next year because components are coming becoming harder and harder to get you know for my one of my christmas wishes i wish component prices would go back down or be able just to get some regular old black eva handles have been have yeah, been hard dude. to come by lately
5: terrible yeah other than that just like a little knickknack stuff you know i got back into the little plastic boat game so i put one of the little kayak cushions on there help my little butt out
2: did you buy a new kayak or you just
5: no um since i fished grs last year with uh fiorenzo i was in a jackson with him and then he's like hey i got this uh tarpon 140 that doesn't really because that's why i thought a I saw you fleet. was
2: it was a 140.
5: yeah yeah so i ended up snagging his 140 and that's what i'm in now so you just couldn't I'm, stay away
2: okay So let me ask you this question, man. Um, Jonathan, who who was just on with us. Now, Jonathan, I'm going to go ahead and talk about you behind your back, okay? Because you're not here to defend yourself. I just don't care. Seven miles was rough for him. He says he's packing up his gear at two miles. If he's got to go two miles, he's packing up and driving. In that Tarpon 140, what is your range? Like paddling, what is your range?
5: Um, Without so hating be, life. So to be honest, I hadn't, I got it, I don't know, two or three months ago. So I haven't put a ton of time in it yet. But coming from the compasses, the Hobie, 15 miles, like pretty much, hey, let's go fishing. Round trip? Miles. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Round trip. All right, cool. And and I that's call, a hobby. So I'm calling you next time I'm taking my 160 out.
5: Done. Yeah, I see the 140 being no problem. I think we've done a couple trips here and there. I think it's like 10 miles. You know, piece of cake.
2: Actually, we we ought to we ought to go ahead and grab old Esley too because I haven't fished with him in probably like 12 years.
5: It was just yeah. I've been time. spoiling him. I've been putting huh? him on the boat. I said I've been spoiling him, putting him on oh. the boat. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, uh, usually whenever I take something like the 160 out, I like to go ahead and put in some miles. 15 miles is a good number. Anywhere from 15 to 20 miles round trip is good. So, yeah. yep, you're going to get a call next time I take it out.
1: How long of a day are you doing at that end, though? I mean, you that's not eight like hours? a
5: seven. That's eight hours? Yeah, six. Well, launch hours. six, it eight hour six back at one, two, something like that.
1: first like a 16 at for a 16 mile day
5: yeah just i guess it depends on what the fish are wanting or what they're doing you know if it's one of those easy days you're not running all over the place
1: i say that's constantly running at two miles an hour like non-stop that's a lot of it's a lot of moving
2: those tarpon 140s and 160s can sustain four to five miles easy
1: yeah, well no no I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying like that seems like a lot of paddling for an eight hour day. Twelve hour yeah. day I could I could see doing doing that far, but that's a long way.
2: Did you say twelve hour gone. day?
1: Yeah, twelve hour day of fishing.
2: Who the hell is fishing twelve hours?
1: If you're driving two hours to get there, two and a half hours to get there, well, two Sam, and a half hours. Sam back, raised
2: his hand in, in the uh in the studio back. Let's bring there. Sam on right now. Sam says I'm I'm fishing 12 hours. That's because it takes him 12 hours to get that kayak um, from one side of the marsh to the other.
6: Come on. Hey, no, I kept up with that that uh, SS127 years. I was I was going I was
2: at 4% of my thrust. Hey,
6: I'm in a lifetime.
1: <laughs> I got I got a little bone to pick with you, Sam. So what I do? Toys for Tots tournament sam post in the in the redfish network group he's like hey i'm launching at louis and we're like okay where'd sam go like we're all hanging out at louis and sam's like oh i already went back into the marsh guys like i'm i'm gone didn't come say hi didn't come say what's up he's just like i got to get i just got off work i need to get to these fish screw y'all over there at the tournament i got to go yep
6: he yep. was
1: just he was just but it wasn't
6: it wasn't it wasn't so much a screw y'all as uh, screw paddling back just to paddle back into the marsh. I ain't I ain't doing all that. Yeah.
1: I understand that. But you you said you're you're in a lifetime kayak and yeah. one of the things that you posted about was you are ready to upgrade. What's on your Christmas list is a new kayak. So what kind of kayaks are you looking at,
6: man? What's on uh, your mind? I'm I'm still back and forth between a, a compass or a uh a one twenty an old town 120. Mm-hmm.
1: And are you just trying to make the decision because of the the different drives in them or what's yes. what what are your factors because
6: the my only bugaboo is is the drives uh i i got to use your brother's compass and it was nice i was i was able to drift for the first time in a, in a long time it was nice um but from what i've seen there's there's a lot of maintenance that comes with those hobie drives um you, you can bend the shafts on them I, i'm I, I just
2: don't act like yeah. a fool well look, look,
6: that's that's my problem is i i act like a fool <laughs> i've bent those
2: shafts all the time it doesn't hurt me one bit to bend one uh you just take it off and bend it right back um but as far as maintenance goes you know out of every hobie drive i've ever had and the great thing was is oh T rail back there he, he was shaking his head no as well. Um, the only time I ever had one of my drives break is when I loaned it to somebody else.
1: And and you're not easy on your drives. I've seen I'm you not. use your drive as an anchor. Like literally taking it out of it the hole an and all the used time. it as an yeah. anchor. Shoved it in the mud to, to beside the kayak
2: to keep you from drifting away. I usually keep it in the drive well. Use it as an anchor, but yeah, it's as they. You're right though, Sam. Okay, the pet the prop drives will not. You know, bend if you run them into an oyster reef going. You know, a couple miles an hour. They have a skeg on them that's going to be able to take the abuse before the prop gets hit. It's or it's going to at least give you an early warning um, that something's about to go down, but. The only one that's virtually maintenance-free is going to be the the one from um, Old Town Johnson mm-hmm. Outdoors. That's Johnson Outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. Old Town? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Johnson yeah. Outdoors. So anything, anything Johnson Outdoors with that that prop drive um, is going to be virtually maintenance-free. So here, were they putting it in the Malibu? Uh, Malibu two. Only the Malibu two.
6: Yeah, well, they they turned around and rebranded it as a uh, salty, but yeah, it's the same hull, mm-hmm. different different color spectrum.
1: And there's just there's not that. I mean, it's a fast boat. I got to yeah. I got to try it at the demo days for Mariner Sales. It's just there's not a lot of storage on there. There's not a lot of place to put stuff. Um, now I've been in both the compass. I've been in the big water. I've been in the. One twenty sportsmen. I've been in the Hobie. I mean the PA and the Outback. If they would, ju- if Hobie, if you're listening, if you would just make the seat a little bit higher on the Outback and a little bit higher on the Compass, I would love those boats. It's the seat
2: just is their greatest diff- failure.
1: It's difficult to stand up in. It's difficult to get up. And, and that here comes Chris with the fat joke, but. Even if you're not fat, it is difficult to stand up from a, especially a compass because the seats even lower on the compass. Yeah. Um. When you have hey, Chubby, companies,
2: I would, yeah, I would disagree with you if it was wrong, and I would have made a fat joke, but you're not wrong. Now, there's companies out there
1: that make seat risers that have been making seat risers for your kayaks for like four or five years there's make your seats higher. Like let's figure out a way to mold your seat a little bit higher. And I, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think it's because of the angle that you have to have to get good propulsion on that Mirage
2: drive is why the seats are lower? The angle in relationship between the relationship between the drive and the seat height And that angle has nothing to do with the propulsion, whether or not you can get, you know.
1: Well, maybe I didn't say propel. Well, I'm just talking about like body mechanics.
2: Lose with that drive with the Mirage Drive. Now, look, they have been very careful since the Mirage Drive came out to not alter the Mirage Drive very much. Okay? The holes, of course, they change every three years, but the drive, they've been very, very careful not to alter that drive. As soon as you start to move the seat up and away from the drive, now you have to start thinking about things like, okay, do I need to make the arms longer? Do I need to create an angle or more of an arc, although they already have an arc? Do I have to create more of an arc? You know, Do I need to move the uh, drive well, you know? in relationship to the seat, because they already have all that figured out. It's going to be very hard for them to change the seat. I told you what I did with my Outback. I'm no longer using a seat. You're using a cooler. I'm using a cooler.
1: Now, does that hurt your body mechanics? Like, does that bother your hips being up higher whenever no, actually, you're using the pedals? Actually,
2: it's like super efficient, man. Um, the only problem is is that now the drive is, is set on like, number two where it used to be set on number four or number five. five to get down there yeah and i know you're not a huge fan of the so um, if i keep shrinking then i'm not gonna be able to reach my mirage drive
1: <laughs> well I, I know you're a huge fan of the not a huge fan of the bicycle motion prop drives but i think that's one reason why i like them is you have a higher vantage point because you actually kind of have to have your seat up higher to be able to use that type of propulsion and get your legs and, and, you know, your hips aligned with that drive. So that is one of the huge reasons why I know, Sam, you're you're thinking about the the 120 and you're actually probably going to take my big water out to to see how you like that drive. But that's the reason I like the bicycle motion a little better. The PA is great. Like I love the PA seat and I love the way, you know, it's it's set up body mechanics wise and I can use the PA. It's just such a large boat. I mean, it's just in the wind, it catches the a old lot town of wind. Is a
2: large boat? The not autopilot? the
1: PDL. The PDL is I mean, the big water is significantly a smaller profile than the than the PA.
2: They still um, way the same.
1: No, not even close. Not the big water PDL Life, lifetime now, hole warranty. Now, if you're talking about the the 136 autopilot, yes, it weighs a lot more. Yeah, that's huge, a lot more. Um, and it's easier. It's much easier to paddle the old town compared to well, the old town, the PDL compared to the PA. But we're not talking about the PA. Let's let's get back to the compass outback. Uh, sportsman comparison here so of the drive systems like what what has you worried because I know you were you were asking me some questions about the actual old town drive Um, what kind of questions were you were you trying to go back and forth
6: Uh, basically on on how shallow you could get before before you had to lift that drive up and its bracket you know what I mean raise it up before you be able to pull yeah
1: and the you can flutter kick in the hobies, which that is a that is a big advantage.
6: If, if you ain't yeah, got back problems. Well,
1: that's true. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of energy to do do some flutter kicking. A lot, Chris. You're looking up the you're looking up the specs over there. Yep. I wanna I wanna hear the specs between the the big water.
2: Now, T-Rail, Big waters. Big waters about 130 pounds. The Big Water PDL, yep, one thirty-two, and PA fully fully rigged one forty-four. That's eight pounds. Jesus, that's a baby. That's is it not... really
1: one hundred thirty-six pounds? Yeah. See now, I'm on, now I'm looking it up. It it paddles twelve times a hundred times better. Than the PA. I can tell you that for sure. That it, it paddles way better. Way, way better.
2: Without without the seat in, the PA is 120 pounds. Mm-hmm.
5: And the compass good. is like 60 something. I yeah, the compass that's is one thing significantly lighter. Compass, dude.
2: compass is ridiculous whenever it comes to its weight and its capabilities. Um, when I saw Mark Yusick jump on the devil's river with us in a compass i thought he was gonna come out of that thing torn to shreds do you remember when the compass came out and everybody was like why would hobie make such a piece of crap why would they make something so thin and plastic why would they make something so weak no hatches what the heck dude turns out they were a genius whenever they built that
5: boat i love those things
2: they paddle good, man. They paddle really, really well. Um, if you didn't have the drive, if you forgot your drive for the day, and you still had your paddle, psh, go fishing because you can paddle that thing ten times better than that that lifetime kayak. Um, it's it's fast, even as a paddle paddle craft.
1: All right, Chris. Wait, I I know why ahead. I thought it was so much so much lighter. Why? Because what what so did you much? say the PA was without the seat?
2: One twenty.
1: Okay, so it's one twenty without the seat. If you take the drive out of the big water, it's ninety five. Yeah, it's ninety five pounds. Heavy. So I, when when we're when we're moving the PA in the the big water around, like there's a significant weight difference between the two. Like we we make sure if we got to put a kayak on top, it's the it's the big water, and that's a big thing that that Sam, you need to you need to think about because you have the Forerunner, right? Yeah, So you got to top load. You're not running a trailer. You know, a compass may be the right right boat for you because me and Chris have talked about this before. That's one of the biggest things that you have to think about whenever you're buying a kayak is how are you going to transport that sucker? If you have a trailer, heck, you can get an autopilot that weighs 150 freaking pounds. It's going to be easy for you to get it on and off. You just got to lift it up two foot. Now, you got to lift your seven, eight foot in the air to get it on top of that forerunner. That's a big That's a big thing to think about. Are you going to be able to get it up there? Are you going to have to have help? Is your wife going to be yelling at you when you're trying to load everything up at, <laughs> you know, 1030 at night, the night before you're supposed to go out? And she's already taking a shower and don't want to go outside because it's muggy outside.
6: She just so yells about that alarm, man. That thing is, man, that thing's loud.
5: Yeah. <laughs> that
6: thing is loud. It's like 190 decibels. That thing's loud. Uh, no I, I that's one thing I consider that's that's why the the sportsman would have been my my next choice um yeah, where it's on the heavier side it's uh if I should pull it down the wrong way or not be able to catch it coming down you know that lifetime hole warranty would come in handy you know uh a lot of times with hobies I see I see people complaining about I, I'm in a bunch of the Hobie owners groups and uh, they cracked holes, man. they the holes cracked, especially around the seat area in the in these yeah. twenty nineteen the and up.
2: The Outbacks, so to me, they're, they're standoffs, the kickstands on the seats. Um, you're looking at, looking at on, the, on, the, on the on the rear, rear end, end of, the, of seat, the seat. You're looking at man, barely. It's like a half inch square. Um, so the pounds per square inch is just enormous Um, and half of your weight actually more than half of your weight is being distributed between those two points and it's the impact is even greater when you're trying to sit down because it's so low that seat is so low that you're literally slamming into the seat every time you go to sit down
1: that's when a lot of people are breaking them too right
2: that's why they're breaking yeah
5: because people are i had one of mine are, do it yeah on, and how on an back uh compass on a compass wow but they warranted it got a brand new one
2: yeah so you know hobie had you know how many hobie warranties they had to take care of whenever they didn't have a freaking lazy chair goose egg them things were battle proven man it's just tough <laughs> Um, saddles caused no problems. People weren't concerned about, you know, breaking something under their seat. So, I, d- I, d- I just don't understand. Every other kayak time, company,
1: dude. every other kayak company out there yes. has, has an it. aluminum seat, has an aluminum frame seat.
5: Why doesn't Why have Hobie you
2: seen
5: their have new aluminum? one? Which one? The compass oh, has a
1: new seat. The new compass
2: has an aluminum seat. The,
1: they yeah. Find, okay. They went to the new and aluminum frame for it.
5: It's it's literally the same seat that's on the passport.
2: They moved to it. I'm actually pl- – I plan on buying a couple of those passports. The, the, the
6: roto-molded ones? Yeah, the <laughs> roto-molded
2: ones. Yeah. Yeah,
1: those cool are going to be one. easy just to throw in the truck and go. You, know, you can literally can carry watch. it like a suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. if if you're like Jonathan and you want to load up to go three miles to a new boat ramp oh. now that we're throwing Jonathan <laughs> under the bus you could just get it and throw it in the back of your truck you could you can throw it in the back of your uh forerunner just open the door and slide it in and then take off and go
5: no ratchet traps
1: yeah no ratchet traps at all all right guys we're about to get out of here Chris do you want to talk about anything you want for your Christmas list other than rest?
2: Uh, like I said earlier, man, you know, I'm the type of person that wants gift time. I mean, I have some personal reasons also, but mainly I buy what I want throughout the year. And typically what I ask for during Christmas time is just everybody to chill. <laughs> I'm like, that's the probably the best present you can give me. Just chill. Okay, Relax. Let and me do and... my thing, y'all do your thing, but this year I, you know what, I did ask for um, a pair, a new pair of Boga grips, man. I did get a little bit greedy there and said, you know what, I would like a pair of Boga grips. I do end up, I mean, my wife and my kids, they buy me stuff for Christmas. It's usually like shirts, you know, jeans, shoes, things like that, things that I don't usually buy myself.
1: Are are there?
2: Are there things that
1: family members and T-Ray and Sam, you guys can speak to this because I forgot to bring it up earlier. But are there things that we get as fishermen that we just are like, man, why do I get one of these every year and I'm never, ever going to use it? For instance, for me, like if somebody gets me something, they always want to get me a bait and they always pick a crankbait. In like a fire tiger or something like that. So I have like 15 fire tiger crankbaits or, you know, red or clown colored crankbaits out there. I'm never going to use. So there's always a few gifts that I think all us fishermen gift that if we could just, we love our family and we don't want to say anything to them. But if we could just tell them like, hey quit buying me these is there anything that you guys have got multiple times that you're just like please quit buying me these i see samuel's raising his hand
6: (laughs) multi-tools i think
2: that's another one
6: fishing multi-tools ones ones that have like the neck
2: like the lanyard type yes oh it's got got a braid cutter yeah you
6: take it out once and you never be able to use it again Exactly.
2: As Soon as you take the you
1: take the hook out of a fish's mouth, it bends the <laughs> bends the end of them, and it makes a cross, and then they never touch anymore, and then the yep. cutters don't work.
6: Won't cut braid, Yep.
1: They end up. They have a little split ring thing on the end that you can't get just right because they're too dang big to fit in there. <laughs> it, not that I know exactly what you're talking about, but I may have some blue ones and some red ones and some camouflage <laughs> ones and everything else.
6: Yeah, man, fishing multi tools. I've got I've got about twelve of them. T-Rail, what about you, man? You get
2: some crazy fishing-related item every year?
5: I think the only one that I've gotten was a, I don't know if it was like Yak Attack or one of those or Railblazer, but it was a, like, bait-cutting board that, like, goes on the kayak. Just the I, like, thing. opened it, I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is, Um <laughs>
2: Scotty made those for a while and I think Railblazer made them too. Yeah, it was yeah. a giant table that had
5: yeah, it, it's little like a grooves, little grooves in it and stuff. Table, yeah, I was like, uh cool. Thank you.
1: I appreciate I love you, but I don't need this at all. Chris, what about you, man? man
2: my mother in law is like amazing at stocking stuffers. Um she's the type of person that really enjoys like Tuesday morning and like all these wacky um second-chance retail stores, you know. Mm-hmm. So she'll go in there, and all year round, she'll buy stuff. stuff and, and end up it sticking ups. it in, um, in the stockings, right? And every year, I get a kitchen utensil. <laughs> <laughs> I, guys, I've got, like, boxes of kitchen utensils that my mother-in-law has given me that have never been used and some of them are pretty high dollar, but some of them are just really weird.
1: I mean, are we talking like a potato smasher kitchen yeah, utensil, or are exactly we talking about like a frappuccino maker like
2: I, like yeah yeah like like a potato smasher yeah I okay f- for the something that you can only years, use for one task
1: and one task only
2: well for the, for the past 15 years she's given me given me a kitchen knife every year it's a and it's a different usually a different kitchen knife. Um, she's given me a spatula, you a got spoon, a... <laughs> <laughs> just
1: one, one singular item. You should have a whole set of knives by now though. You can cut oh, bread. Got, you can cut I beef have jerky. tons of
2: knives. You can but...
1: butter the hell out of that bread
2: you just cut with a butter <sighs> knife. She also, she also throws a fishing lure in my stocking every year. Is it so a crankbait
1: for... every time?
2: No. Um, actually she, one year, uh, Uh, let's see, 2018, she gave me a rooster tail. And she didn't know what it was. She had no idea what it was. And I was like, awesome. I'm taking this with me on the Devil's River. And she's like, you can use that? I'm like, yeah, of course I can. Now, there have been some where I've been like, (laughs) there's a reason why this was in the discount bin at Tuesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) And those... A couple of them became Christmas ornaments <laughs> on the street. Hung them on the hung, hung them yeah. on the
1: tree. My uh, my other one it used to be Magellan shirts or a Columbia shirt. Like there was only so many of those fishing shirts I could get every single year. Now I tell people don't even buy me fishing clothing because I mainly just wear the real sportswear stuff. But I, I wanted to take this chance before we ended it. I need to. I need to make an apology. This has been weighing on my mind for. I don't know about thirty years. Um, so back in, I think I was eight. So what does that put you in? Like third
2: grade, fourth grade? For an eight-year-old, nobody. Once you're once you're out of high school, nobody keeps track of that anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think I may have been in second grade or third grade. But you know how you bring a, a Christmas gift. And you do a little exchange when you're in school, and you never know whose gift you're gonna get and stuff like that. Yeah, it, but it was just for our class. Um, and I like, I went and got a Nerf football. I got some football cards. Like I got a, uh, I think I got an Astros hat. Like my gifts were the bomb. And I this went, happened
2: to me too. You're uh, you're about to tell my story. You know, in second grade.
1: My gifts were the bomb. And then I opened up the gift that I got, and I got a pack of socks. As In second grade, I got a pack of socks, and I yelled out for the whole class to hear. I was like, who the heck brought a pack of socks? So I want to apologize because I finally found out who gave me that pack of socks a little later. So Douglas Blackman, I'm sorry that I talked bad about your socks Because I was mad because I brought the Nerf football and I expected to get something like some pogs or uh, the little rubber poppers that you flipped up and they shot 20 foot in the air. Like I expected to get something good and I got some socks and I acted a fool. At I'm least sorry. you got
2: hit with some socks, man. I did that one year, I think it was like fourth or fifth grade, and I got one of those little ducks that you pull behind like if you're a toddler and it goes <laughs> ear,
1: ear,
2: ear, ear, ear. You know what I'm talking about? Like <laughs> yeah. Fisher Price shit. Somebody like,
1: regifted it.
2: Yeah. That's that's parents' fault, man. That's I, not the kid.
1: I, I know, and that's why I'm saying I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Douglas, that I yelled out who the hell brings socks to class. I got in trouble because I yelled out, like, who the heck brings socks? Like, I want, I want a different present.
2: I was horrible. You're a little I, jerk, man. I was You're a jerk. I have always been a jerk.
1: Huh? I'm sorry, man. I was a jerk because I, I, I put a lot of thought into giving gifts. Like, if I give you a gift, it means I've put some thought into it, and I really like you. Like, I don't just – I hate gift cards. I don't do gift cards. I don't – like buying people gift cards because I think that's so impersonal. But if somebody says, Don't pick me something out, get me a gift card, I'll get them a gift card. But I don't, I don't like buying gift cards. I like being personal, I like getting them something nice, something good. If you guys want something nice, head over to Mariner Sales or Real Sportswear or Pure Fishing. Chris, I know you're not feeling good and you're in a different fine. kind of mood. No, you're not. You're not. You know why? You know how I know something's going on? Cause I sent you a text about the new Xenon reels and how great they are. And I said, You need to get some. And your reply was, Believe it or not, I have, I have enough, enough right now. Yeah. I'm like, Chris is sick, something's <laughs> going on. This he
2: needs a break. I just bought new reels. I don't need any more new reels, man. <laughs> What'd you get new? Which ones? Uh bought rockets.
1: Oh, you got the rockets. rockets Did you get of any free. of the What's the What's the
2: one that has the new curve? By the way, guys, this was something I was going to bring up. Those the new Abu Garcia reels are finally starting to show up in stores. We knew that some of them would finally come out in December. We're still experiencing a lot of problems from COVID. Parts are ridiculous you know, like you guys were saying, building rods, the components have gone up in price considerably um, they're still having yeah. supply and demand issues with uh with parts, so the new sX and the new Revo X are finally starting to show up in stores, and the amount of thought and detail that they went into these new reels has my mind blown. I promise you, if you go pick one up, you will love it. Um, I never thought really of ergonomics being built into a reel, especially if you if you're like an old you know, Corrado guy that likes the old greenies, because there was no zero, absolutely no ergonomics built into those damn things at all. Mm-hmm. Um, reels get smaller, thinking that that's an ergonomic increase or an increase in in the ergonomics of the reel, it's not necessarily true. This thing is, asy- their new ones are asymmetrical because your hand that's palming the reel is doing something completely different than your hand that's reeling the reel. And to me, that's ingenious to bring that into the the overall design. And you'll you'll see it, and you'll be like, huh. Why haven't they been doing this all this time? It's it's really neat.
1: And I'll all I'll, I'll put intended, you really have to get your hands on you do. Those, those reels.
2: Xenon do not have the, the um the same frames though. So no. xenon are still uh you know symmetrical, uh, normal. Symmetrical.
1: They're a little smaller profile um than like my ALF. It's a little bit smaller, but those things, and I'm not I'm not joking. They cast forever. I literally adjusted it one time, and that was it. And I was slinging a quarter ounce jig head. I mean, I was slinging it as That's a far, ounce.
2: but that Drop was as down far to an eighth and fight some wind with it. I'll still, it. it. <laughs> I'll still sling it. Adjust it.
1: I'll still sling. I mean, I may have to adjust it a little bit, but I'm just saying straight out of the box, like. The braking system and everything in those new Xenons, it's they're smooth. They are you can you can sling those things, but I I want another one of those. That's what I want for Christmas. I want I want another Xenon. I think I may go with the six eight this time instead of the high speed because I was burning that high speed. But Sam T Rail, thank you guys for coming on. Chris, man, you got anything else you, you want to talk trip, about? Man.
2: Terrell, I hope you enjoy your trip, buddy.
5: Yeah, y'all be uh, y'all be seeing some stuff from it.
2: <laughs> post it up just, in the Redfish Network, man. Just keep the clothes on. In <laughs> the pictures that you post, all right, buddy.
1: <laughs> well, Sam, I, I, I look forward to, to to letting you take out the the PDL, get out there, take that thing out, and hopefully we can we can get you in a new kayak really, really soon. But we're going to get out of here, guys. We hope everyone has some great holidays. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. We hope Santa brings you everything on your list. Our next episode coming up, like I said, it'll drop on the 27th. You will get to hear some brand new content that you may have never heard before. If you haven't listened to me or Chris on any other podcasts, I think there's like four or five that uh, either me or him have been on. So you guys will get to hear from some of our friends in the podcast land on that one. But, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for joining us.
6: Thanks for having us, man.
1: Adios. Peace. Thanks. Peace.